This is the place where we talk about preparing for and navigating adulthood, a space for autistic individuals, families, professionals, and other community stakeholders to get information and resources when it comes to this particular area. We talk about employment, education, high school, college, independence, all of those areas, and connect you to people and organizations that are doing work in this community, as well as share some resources that we've created here at Autism Grown Up. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, and I'm also the executive director of Autism Grown Up. You can check us out at autismgrownup.com and continue listening to this episode. Hey, welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today, I'll be sharing my interview with Kurt Manneke. Kurt is an award-winning author who has written books on a plethora of topics such as customer service and sales skills, social-emotional learning, and social and career. He's from Michigan and shares a lot of great local resources to his area if you're from up there. The book we discussed today is Smile and Succeed for Teens, which, as he shares in the episode, Dr. Temple Grandin actually read it and called him right away to lead a testimonial for this book as a great tool for teens and young adults on the autism spectrum as they enter the workforce and seek employment. And we talk a little bit more about why he just has it as teens, because this is a book for all teens to learn more about these critical skills when it comes to the workplace. And since it's been published, a lot of schools are now incorporating it into their curricula and it answers a common concern that a lot of critics have when it comes to this tremendous need for preparation for the realistic aspects of work well in high school. And he has helpful chapters on clear expectations in the workplace, volunteering, I haven't read anything like that before, and running your own business, which many young adults on the spectrum are now focusing on. And before we get started, though, I want to give a quick shout out to our podcast crew at Patreon. Thank you all. You all are the best. Join the crew to support future episodes of the AGU podcast and get exclusives like early access and a lot more at patreon.com slash autism grown up. Now let's jump into my interview with Kurt Manneke. Joining us today is Kurt Manneke. Thank you for coming on the podcast. So excited to have you. Oh, thank you, Tara. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah. So can you tell me a little bit about you and your work? Certainly. Well, it all started. I wrote my first book for businesses. It's called Smile, Sell More with Amazing Customer Service. That's a 60-minute crash course that's based on a customer service and sales um, six-week training program that I had when I created a startup specialty retail store. And how I got into the work with the autism community is I had all these moms and teachers who came up to me for that book and they told me, Kurt, you have to get this book in the schools. It's all the people skills kids aren't learning. And I told them, I don't know anything about the schools. I wrote this for business. So I did get that book into the schools for DACA and other programs. But then I wrote my book, Smile and Succeed for Teens, Must Know People Skills for Today's Wired World specifically for the schools, and it's based on my first book, but it has the addition of 50 um, informative illustrations with educational captions. It has a chapter on how to interview and get a job, another section on overcoming stress, a chapter on volunteering effectively, and I spent nine months meeting with teenagers to write it to make sure they'd read it. And that book, you know, was funny because I wrote it for all teens and for schools, 
But I noticed people who were buying it were really the special education directors, the people that were autism teachers, transition teachers. So that, that's how the book came about. And there's a teaching guide for it. And I even now have a parent's guide. So that's kind of how it all started. Yeah, I was going to ask too, because so grateful that you sent me a copy of both the teens, well, thank you. the parent guide, and I was reading through them and I was, I just, for some reason in my head, just maybe because of the work I do, I've always put autism <laughs> in everything. And I was like, hold up, this book does not say smile and succeed for autistic teens. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that was, on, you know, I, because I wrote it for the neurotypical community, what happened is you know, I wrote it as a crash course in social and job skills for all teenagers because I recognized the big gap that was there. And you've seen it when you walk in a business, you'll see a teenager. Maybe they're not greeting you properly. And I don't blame the teens. It's a lot of times it's the businesses who aren't training them or maybe the parents. And so I thought, well, let's have a quick resource for them so they can really shine at work, be able to make friends, have confidence. But then Temple Grandin read it and Dr. Temple Grandin, and she called me the same day she read it, and I answered the phone, and she talks really fast. She's a great woman, and she said, Kurt, read your book today, love it. She said, you use my testimonial to get this book out, out to all teens to lower the, un the unemployment rate. And I didn't have a pen or a piece of paper or anything, so, so she gave me this great testimonial, and she said, you get this book out there, it's going to lower that unemployment rate. So she was so gracious, and I talked to her, I told her I loved her movie, Temple Grandin, and if anybody hasn't seen that, I'd highly recommend it. I'm a big animal welfare person, so I have her books, and I told her I love her books. But I asked her then, I said, do you think I should put anything about autism on it? She said, no, absolutely, absolutely not. She said, these, these young adults and teens with autism, everything they get says autism on it, and it projects to them that they are different from everybody else. She said, you leave your book the way it is. Do not put autism on the cover. That way, they'll feel like just every other teenager who's reading your book. And I thought that was that was very good advice. Yeah, that's powerful. And have you seen any differences in things? I know you definitely have Temple's testimonial. That's an important testimonial to have. That gives you clout in the autism community um, and probably has helped with getting your book out there to more families and teens. And, it, you know, the whole thing with these books is they're short, quick, and easy to use. That, that was my differentiator is... If the teenagers aren't going to read it, it's not going to do any good. So my editor and I rewrote the teen book just about 70 times. My first book we rewrote 100 times and the teen one 70 times because we didn't want any wasted words and we wanted, to be, wanted it to be super short. So when I was working with teenagers for nine months with the book, I kept showing it to them, getting their feedback, going back to my editor, rewriting until I could hand it to the focus group of teens and they would say, oh, I can read this. And I said, well, why would you read it? And they said, well, it's super short and easy to read and it's, it's stuff I have to learn. So that was the big differentiator in it is it's, it's so quick for these short attention spans. And it's, it's frankly, it's information that teenagers and adults need to learn, for example, how to answer the phone properly at work or how to greet a customer properly when they walk in, how to make a friend how to say please and thank you, which we shouldn't really have to teach teenagers to do, but we need to teach them when somebody says thank you, you do not answer with yep or no problem, you answer with you're welcome. So examples like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's so interesting. So you didn't end up re rewriting any of this after Temple's testimonial, right? 
Not at all. It was already written and she loved it. And she just said, you know, she loved the part about volunteering at an animal shelter because I used to volunteer at an animal shelter. And I thought that's a great way for young adults to practice the social skills. And Temple told me, she said, I love that about your book. She said, that's so good for kids to get in there, practice their social skills, practice their job skills in a world real world setting. So no, there was nothing to rewrite. She, uh, because I think because this comes from, it's not theory, it's not fluff. Mm-hmm. This is the real world stuff. I mean, this is what I based my, you know, my, this, all this came from a six week training program that I, that I created when I started my specialty retail startup, because I knew we would never make it if everything wasn't done correctly, as far as if you walked in the store, Tara, or if your audience members did, if they weren't greeted properly, if our staff wasn't knowledgeable, you would never come back. And because of this program, I would watch people like you walk in, they were treated properly, they'd come back a week later with their friends, and their friends would come back with their friends. And even though we had a lot of competitors, those competitors eventually went out of business. We had one right across the street, a major competitor, one right down the street. But I, I would tell customers, I go, you're welcome to go shop at those other places. And they would come back shaking their heads and they'd be like, oh my gosh, was that a terrible experience? I think we'll shop here <laughs> because you know, the customer service was so horrid at the other places. So this is real world stuff here. It's not fluff. It's, it's, it's information that the teens can take, read half a page and instantly apply it on the job or in real life social settings. Absolutely agree. I think there's also something to it that also you bring forward in the book is just clarity of expectations. Yes, thank you. Teens and our young adults just like you have a great section on electronic etiquette. Um, And I also love that section on volunteering too, because that's just an incredible work-based learning experience that could only just help you with finding a career that you love and build those connections and those social skills in the workplace. Oh, you know, that's a good point you make. It's so important. And I will tell you, I volunteer quite a bit and I used, used to volunteer doing a bear or bear rescue for, I won't get into what it was for, but um, we had to raise $1,000 in six hours. I do this once a year and I get all these teams who wanted to volunteer, but they'd all tell me the same thing. Well, I'd love to volunteer, but I don't want to have to ask for money. And I told them the only thing we're doing there that day is creating relationship and asking for money. So I would, the book really helps them learn how to overcome that fear of fundraising, learn to ask for the sale. And I used to volunteer quite a bit at PetSmart. I don't know if you've seen where they have the adoptions, the rescue organizations would come in with their animals and they'd always have teenagers there that were doing community service. But I noticed the teens were always on their cell phones or they were too shy to even approach customers. So they would kind of just sit there and my resources teach them how to smile, go up to a customer, say hi, you know, ask them, what are you looking for? What type of dog or cat are you looking for? Then help guide them. You know, it's a sales process, help guide them to the right animal based on what they're telling you. So I really wanted to change the the platform. What's happening right now with a lot of volunteerism is these teens, because they're not trained, they're not nearly as effective as they could be with just a little bit of training and role playing. And that's where the teaching guide and the parents guide comes in because parents and teachers can role play a lot of these activities with these young adults. And then when they go volunteer, they can be so much more effective and feel so much better and be so much more confident. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, even my, my listeners right now would 
love just the how clear you are in conveying like these are the steps just to try out and this is could be a great social script for you to have in your back pocket when you are doing this that, that seems so nebulous and abstract like asking for a volunteer position or asking for money or being in a service environment of some sort. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I tried to make it very clear, you know, here's the description and here's how you do it. Because again, that's what we did in our business and that is so critical. We used to role play like this all the time in our business. I'd play the part of the customer, the employee would play the part of the employee and we'd switch and I'd walk in the store and or they would walk in. And I do this, I, I volunteered a couple times with, now I'm forgetting the name, I think it's the Autism Alliance of Michigan helping their young adults with transition and they were getting jobs. So we we role played. I asked them what business they wanted to pick and they said Best Buy, which is funny because they love the electronics. So we would role play answering the phone properly, greeting somebody when they walk in. I would not greet them at all when I was the employee and I'd ask them, how does that make you feel? And they'd say, well, not very good. You didn't say anything to me. And I said, would you buy anything in here because of that? And they'd say no. Then we'd do it again and I'd greet them properly and I'd say, how does that make you feel when I greeted you? with a smile and a friendly hello, that made me feel good. Would you spend money in here because of it? Oh, yes, I would. Well, how come? Well, you were nice to me. So, you know, it's a lot of role playing and just getting these young adults um, kind of familiar with how to just smile and greet a customer because that's so important to set that foundation for future purchases. And when you think about it, the value of a lifetime customer and their referrals is priceless. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I was going to ask you too because to me, from reading your book and our conversation today, smiling is, you said, foundational to a lot of aspects of navigating these social circumstances and being in the workplace. Oh, so where did that come from? Like, why did you name your first book Smile and then move forward with the teen book this way? That, that's a great question, Tara. Well, I noticed a lot of businesses, I would walk in or I would call them. I'll give you an example. I, let, I, I, let's, I, I call a pizza place or... I used to use this example. I'll use this as when I trained our employees, this was back before caller ID. I would train them. There was a motorcycle shop near us. So I would dial the phone and I'd say, listen to how they answer the phone. And they'd answer the phone, um, Karaji's, and that's how they'd answer it. And I said, how does that make you feel when you hear that? And my employees would be like, well, not very good. And so, you know, I would call different businesses. I would walk in different businesses. And I noticed people weren't smiling. They weren't greeting the customer. And it's proven. And it's the right thing to do anyways. It's common courtesy, but it's proven that when you do have a genuine smile and you engage customers, they purchase more. Mm -hmm. And I saw this in our business. So that's kind of where they, that came about. My goal with both books was really, and it sounds very simple, but it's very important. Yeah. If I could just get people that read the book when they go work, especially the employees with autism, the young adults, if they would smile and greet a customer with a friendly hello, they would be so far ahead of the pack because a lot of the neurotypical kids aren't doing this. So I thought if we can get them to do that, at least that first impression is powerful, either in a social environment or with a business environment. And when you think about it, if people don't do that, it really changes your you know, your plan for the day, hmm, you're thinking, maybe I won't buy something here. Maybe I won't come back to this restaurant. Maybe this isn't somebody I want to be friends with. So that's how the name came. And then from there, we expanded it, hoping that, you know, I thought, well, hopefully they'll get a lot more out of it than just smiling. But if that's all they get out of it for the 10 or $15, whatever it is, that's huge. Mm 
Yeah, I think there's something to say about setting up a positive experience for someone, and that smile is definitely the behavioral aspect of it. It really is. Like, what do they say? You never get a chance. Uh, to, you never get a second chance to make a good first impression, and that's that's really what it's all about. And there's so much more there in the book, as far as like you said, electronic etiquette, body language, you know, greeting people properly, you know, just how to deal with customers, how to apologize. Um, eye contact, which I know is tricky with the autism community, how to shake hands, you know, being enthusiastic, asking questions to customers so that you can find out what they're looking for. There's so, there's so many things that help the young adults stand out and keep the job because if they do these things, the business owner is going to be so happy that these customers are coming back mm. and buying more. Yeah, definitely. And then what are some things since the book has come out uh, that you've learned along the way that's important for others to know, whether that's based been based on your work with the, you said the Autism Alliance in Michigan? Yes, and you know, the Living and Learning Center in Northville, Rochelle Vertini, it's a, Vertanian is a good friend of mine and it's a nonprofit. And so she uses my books and she's given me really good feedback. And there are a couple things that I've learned. Number one, the role playing is so important. And I've always, I've always known that because you can't just throw somebody into a job and expect them to, you know, to shine. If, if you role play the job um, skills first, or for instance, role play the mock job interview first so that they're comfortable with it, it's not the first time, you know, they go through it when the situation arises. So I've learned that, you know, role playing is very important. I've also learned that it's surprising that the young adults really do, most of them, enjoy reading the book. Yeah. I'll get a lot of moms, it's more than neurotypical mothers that'll say, oh, my son or daughter would never read the book. And then they'll, they'll buy it and then they'll tell me two weeks later, I caught my son reading your book in bed. You know, so it's kind of, I've learned that sometimes the parents almost get in the way and don't give their kids enough credit yeah. that, you know, that the young adults can actually read and, and may actually enjoy learning some of these things. Mm-hmm. It's interesting that you brought that up about parents. Was that also part of the reason why you created a parent's guide to kind of get them involved with role-playing and continue? Yes, yes. And I had one parent, I was at my mom's senior assisted living center at their vendor fair. I didn't think I'd sell any books, but I wanted to support them. But there were grandparents that I sold 20 of my Smile and Succeed for Teens books in two hours. And I, I asked them, why are you buying this? And they said, I'm tired of going to my grand, grandchildren's and they're glued to these cell phones. I want them to have social skills. But as far as the parents guide, I had a mom at that vendor show come up to me and she said, you know, my, my son is in sixth grade. He's more of a hunter type. He doesn't like to read, but I was surprised. I bought your book thinking, ah, for 10 bucks, I'll take the risk. And two weeks later, he came up to me and he said, Mom, I like this book. Can I show it? Can I take it to school and show my teacher? And then that lady said, I wish there was a parent's guide because I'd like to work with my son. So how the parent's guide came about is Future Horizons is another great resource for your, um, for your listeners. It's a company out of Texas, and they distribute Temple Grandin's books. She speaks with them. She does speaking engagements, and they sell my books. And when they come to Michigan, I volunteer and I help Brad, who's a great guy who works for Future Horizons. He runs the book table. So I, I volunteer and I help him because he's selling my book. So I had a mock-up of a parent's guide, and a lot of the parents there have young adults with autism and teens. And I asked them, 
what other resources would you need? Would a parent's guide be helpful? And, and why would you want that? And, and they all said, yes, do you have it now? Could I buy it? And I said, well, why would you want it? Just so I know. And they said, well, it saves us a lot of time. We don't have to go digging through the book. We're busy. We're stressed out. We don't have to think of the questions to ask. If you could give us a resource where everything is right there so we can role play with our kids, that would be really helpful. So that's where that's where it came from. After a day of asking a lot of the great parents these questions, they gave me some wonderful feedback. And then from there, you know, we created it with a lot of parents' feedback and teachers' feedback. So they were very helpful. Oh, I bet you got your immediate research right there, all your market research. <laughs> well, it was wonderful. I'll tell you, I couldn't have had, I couldn't have had a better a better market and, and nicer people. And I got their, I got their emails and I was able to, you know, let them know the parent's guide is available, but the parent's guide, it's nice because the parents can role play a lot of these customer service and job skills situations, a lot of the social etiquette um, situations, and especially the, you know, mock job interviews, which are, it's so comfortable to get the young adult comfortable with that. Because as you know, a lot of these young adults with autism, they don't pass that job interview. And unfortunately, a lot of employers are not going to change their methods. And until they do, we'll have to get these young adults comfortable with the job interview. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just to keep practicing it with different people and their parents can be such a great resource for that. Exactly. Uh, yeah, so since you mentioned um, the workplace and you definitely have a wealth of experience and knowledge being an employer yourself, have you turned towards or have you gotten any feedback to from employers that are looking at neurodiversity initiatives? No, you know, I haven't because that's really not, um, you know, Rochelle with the Living and Learning Center, she works directly with a lot of the um, employers and she uses my books for training, but I really haven't. I am so busy as a, just a one-person business, just trying to get the resources out there. You know, I hear feedback with the neurotypicals, um, with a lot of the neurotypical teens. For instance, my um, there's a one of my best friends. His son read my book, and Rick had told me that his employer down in Southern Indiana told his son, "You're the only one that we can let you pick your own schedule. You come back every year. You can work here whenever you want because you treat the customers exactly how we want them treated, and that's how we want to run our business." And he said, "It's exactly from your book." And I I get a lot of that from from the parents, from the kids. And then I, I get a lot of feedback, frankly, from employees who I know who read the book. I was in a high-end grocery store here about a year ago and I had took, taken my wallet out and I asked the woman behind the cash register, I said, do you have Coke? I kind of have a upset stomach. And I was surprised because she walked me to, to where the Coke was, the little freezer, which I, and she said, would you like Coke or Pepsi? And I said, Coke. And I was really impressed with that people never do that. They never walk you to where, you know, where the item is. And she said, I saw your business card. Did you write that book? And I said, yes, I did. She goes, well, we use that book for training. And she said that first day after I read your book, I had a customer call my manager and tell me what a nice job I did. And she said, which is kind of interesting. She said, I wish my manager would have bought enough. So we each have our own copies so we don't have to borrow them. So I get a lot of feedback from the actual employees and from some of the young adults with autism where they'll say the book gave me confidence or I never knew. I had a young man the other, like a month ago, he, he just said, I never knew how to shake hands properly. I'm so glad I read your book. So a lot of just the little things that you wouldn't think would be that important really are. 
Yeah, that's incredible. That must have been such a great surprise to find that out that that employee had read your book. Yes, it is. And I, I get that quite a bit. I get letters from students and, you know, they'll just say, I, I, I look down a lot. I, I, I slump a lot. Now I know to keep my back straight and to have good eye contact. Or a lot of them will say, I never knew when to have my phone out and when not to. So now I, now I know. I just was never told. So it's kind of interesting the the feedback. Or some will say, I remember one, I had one letter and one young boy in middle school wrote me and he said, I, I want to start a dog walking business. And now from your book, I have the confidence and the skills to do that. So it's, yeah, it's kind of surprising what the kids learn from. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I mean, there are so many great takeaways. I'm glad you also brought up the dog walking business because there's a good section on self-employment and thinking about ways to advertise yourself, which is becoming a more viable option for a lot of adults in the spectrum. It is. And it, I'll tell you, it's a great idea because there's such a need for, you know, errand services or, you know, especially with the elderly and everything. So yeah, you know, if they, they read the book and put these resources to work, they'll get the customers signed up because they have the people skills and the social skills. And that, you know, that trust is what people are looking for, especially when you're having somebody working around your home or inside your home. So, you know, that was one of the big benefits I wanted, the outcomes I wanted from this book is so that somebody could start their own business because that's what I did with these skills. And it makes you, you know, you, you build a business one customer at a time. And that's the same thing these young adults are going to do if, for instance, like you said, they go get a dog walking business, you know, you get one happy customer, all of a sudden you've got four more customers from the referrals. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh, such a key thing to take away, too. Uh, it is. I think we forget that. I think we, we think, okay, well, it's okay. If, and I see it all the time. I see these young adults with autism, and they'll be at trade shows or vendor fairs, and they're sitting down and they're not engaging the customers who are looking at their products. And, you know, they've got great products. It's not supposed to be sell because, oh, I feel bad for you. It should be, hey, let me, let me tell you about my products because I'm proud of them. And I'm going to ask you questions, find out what you're looking for. And let me tell you the benefits of my products. So there's a huge need for that when these young adults are exhibiting at trade shows. You know, the book will teach them to stand up smile, say hi to every single person that walks by, engage them, ask them questions, because sometimes they'll come in, they'll get talking to you, they'll look at your product, you hand them your product, and they might end up buying it. But if you don't do any of that, they'll just walk right by. And I see that all the time. I just cringe. And it happens with neuro, a lot of neurotypical people too. They're not engaging that customer and they're losing a ton of business because of it. So true. I'm glad you brought that back to to that major point too, because sales can come across as yes. I'm sure that's why you felt the need to write Smile originally too. Is a lot of people don't know how to do sales or work in the service based environments. Well, you're so right. And when you asked me about the Smile title for my books, Tara, you know, if you think about these young adults with autism and they're starting their own business and they're at one of these vendor fairs or they're at a trade show or at a farm market. If, and this is what I do at Vendor Fairs. If you're smiling and saying hello, a genuine hello, making eye contact to every single person that walks by, some of them are going to come in and maybe get a piece of chocolate and you engage them in conversation. They ask about your product. They pick it up and they're like, hmm, maybe I could use some of these gloves. It's Christmas time. I, I could use these as a gift. But if you don't engage them, they're gone. And I used to see this in our business all the time. You engage a person. 
they buy one thing, they come back two weeks later, buy a ton of things, they bring some other people, they buy a ton. I mean, it's just how it works. Yeah, they're leaving a lot of money on the table because they're not smiling. They're not making that first powerful impression with that customer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not blaming them. I don't think anybody has taught them how to do that. And maybe the parents aren't in sales, so the parents really don't know either. Right. Yeah. And I, I've been learning a lot about this myself, just getting into the nonprofit entrepreneurial space myself. Like whenever autism grown ups has a table, it is hard for me to, I just want to give people a space to come over and look, but really if you are engaging from the get go, like whenever I have my dad in, he's definitely very much of the smile attitude for sure. Because he, like even last year at our Autism Society of North Carolina conference. He was with me both days, and each person that walked by, he he always made sure to make eye contact with them and say hello. How are you? I love that. Yeah, and uh, every time I would get someone to our table, and they may or may not have signed up for some of our resources, but they definitely walked away with a sticker, a card, or got to know us a little bit. Well, that's great, and I'll tell you a funny story about that. I used to work for a land conservancy in northern Michigan. And I was down in an REI store with a booth. And this is good for your parents of young adults with autism to know. And again, I did what your partner was doing. I said hi to every single person. I was standing up. REI is an outdoor retailer. They let us put our booth in there. So I had our table and I was looking for donations. And I said hi to every customer that was walking by. And I would ask them, do you want to help protect the up north you enjoy? Because in Michigan, we call northern Michigan up north everybody goes up north because they love it they vacation up there and go hiking and one gentleman I saw he had a Ford jacket on and he walked by and I said would you like to help protect the up north you we you enjoy so much he goes no thanks and I said I see you have a Ford jacket on he was walking away and I said Bill Ford's a member and he said what I said Bill Ford's a member and I opened up our newsletter and I showed him Bill Ford's name and he said really and he introduced himself and he said I'm John you know I won't give the last name, but he said, I'm from the Ford Foundation. He said, what are you looking for? And I said, well, we're holding a big lands meeting to help large landowners protect land. He goes, why don't you see me in my office Um, in a couple of weeks? I'll give you a tour of the Rouge complex where they build the Ford F-150. So I went down there and he handed me a check for $20,000 for a program. Had I not said hi to him and been persistent, but not pushy, we would have never gotten that money. And then they were donors every year after that. So that's the importance for your parents to realize these young adults need to be engaging every single customer that walks by. You never know who that person is. Yeah, yeah. I so appreciate you also saying, like, we're not here to blame people for not knowing these things or not trying them out. Or no, who would know? that? You know, I don't blame any of these teens, including the neurotypical teens. I blame the businesses for not training them because when I had our business – We hired nice people and we took the time to train them so they're confident and comfortable. But if the parents, let's say maybe the parent's a doctor or they're just not in sales, they're not going to know how to do this either for the most part. Yeah, it's just a skill to hone and to build over time, no judgment and continue to give yourself grace to keep trying it. Exactly. And, you know, I'll, I'll say one more thing. It's not just the young adults with autism. When you go to a trade show, you'll see, I would say, 95% of the people they are not engaging the customers. They're sitting there on their phones or eating lunch you know, at their table. But I think it's a big opportunity for this community because if they want to have their own business, it's a great way to get leads. Right. Yes. So true. Um, 
then shifting to uh, resources or tools you've turned to. You've mentioned a couple informal organizations or formal organizations in your area, but have there been other things that you have used or would recommend others to use? Boy, you know, there's um, another great book. It sells quite a bit um, with mine on Amazon. Of course, he's much more famous than I am. It's um, Seven Habits for Successful Teenagers. That's that's a different book than mine. That's more, um, mine, is, mine is more social and job skills. That book is more dating and, and drug use and anti-bullying, but it's a great book. So I always thought that was a good book. It's very thick, but it's a, it's a nice book for, for parents to help their teens if they're, if they're having trouble with any of that. Mm-hmm. And you know the Living and Learning um, Center in Northville, Michigan um, is a great resource if anybody's in the Midwest because Rochelle just had a large capital campaign. She just purchased a old 14-acre mansion, a uh, 14-acre estate with a bunch of outbuildings. So she'll be able to help so many more people. And that's a really good resource if any of your listeners are in the Midwest. That's the Living and Learning Center in downtown Northville. And Rochelle is the director and Pam is the assistant. And they're really happy. They both have kids with special needs. They're really, really happy to direct any of your parents where they would need to go to find information or to answer questions. I mean, they're just very helpful and they're a great resource. Great. Yeah. I'll make sure to link them in our show notes for sure. Great. Thank you. Yeah. And then going towards our last couple of questions, I always like to ask everyone, uh, what are you excited about and looking forward to in the coming month? Well, number one, no more snow. So so I'm looking forward to that was great. But I'm doing a video for each of my two books. So I'm looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to I'm writing a children's book, which will probably take a year or two, but that's on social skills. And it's it's about a dog that um, that is in an animal shelter. So it'll teach kids about, you know, some social skills, but also it will also teach them that animal shelters are not full of animals that are damaged goods. They're just animals that are in unfortunate circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to merge both of your like interests. Yeah, thank you. It, it really is. I'm excited about it. And kids love animals. So I'm hoping it, it'll be a win-win for the animals and the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Is Are your videos going to be out fairly soon for the books? It's probably going to take me at the rate it's going, it's probably going to take me another year and then they'll be ready to tear. I'm really trying to get focused on those. So it takes a long time. So probably about one year and, and the same thing for the children's book. Mm-hmm. I completely understand. It takes time and thoughtful consideration to put these projects. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> Resources. You want them to be good and high quality and put your time into it. Exactly, exactly. And then how can people listening to this episode get in touch with you? They can visit my website, which is www.smilethebook.com. That's smilethebook.com. Or if they type the book's title, Smile and Succeed for Teens, into the search bar on Amazon. I do a lot of sales on Amazon. And I would highly recommend the Parents Guide for Smile and Succeed for Teens for parents and then the Teaching Guide for Smile and Succeed for Teens for any teachers that are transitioning, and then I've got classroom packs on my website. And if anybody has any questions, they're welcome to connect with me on LinkedIn, like you and I did, Tara, or email me or my phone numbers on my website also. Awesome. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. I feel like everyone- oh, You're welcome, Tara. Thank you. I really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for the opportunity. 
All right. Thanks again to Kurt for joining us for today's episode. You can check out everything we talked about in our show notes on the AGU website, autismgrownup.com slash AGU podcast. The show notes are also linked in the description of this episode of wherever you are listening to this podcast today, which leads me to this quick ask before we go. If you found value in this episode and know that others would benefit from listening to this podcast, please leave us a rating and review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts. This helps the community out big time in the long run when it comes to looking for autism resources about growing up and navigating adulthood. And I also want to say again, thank you so much for listening to another episode of the AGU podcast. I'm so thankful to be in your earbuds today. And until next time, we're taking it one step at a time and let's begin with adulthood in mind. 